What is up, People First Leaders? My name is Chris Lin, and I am your advocate and host for the Leading People First podcast, where we are set to transform the workplace. I'm happy you're tuning in and joining me on this journey as we talk about leadership and its effect on the employee experience. No matter where we work, we are always going to deal with people. And where there's people, there are going to be things that technology, machines, and computers just can't solve. This is why we need to continuously learn and why I'm focused on bringing different voices and perspectives to this podcast, like Gabrielle Botello. Gabrielle is an HR director responsible for South America at CGG, where she is leading several HR initiatives to develop a people-centric high-performance organization that emphasizes lifelong learning and innovation. Gabrielle has worked at global organizations like L'Oreal and Equinor while focusing on organizational and leadership development and human resources. We got a chance to talk about how we can build an organization's culture in such a way that you create ambassadors out of your employees through learning. Speaking of learning, I do need to tell you about Train Extra. Train Extra provides virtual and on-site programs specifically tailored to meet your organization's needs on a variety of topics, including civility, sexual harassment prevention, anti-bullying, unconscious bias, and diversity and inclusion. For more info, please visit trainextra.com. That's T-R-A-I-N-X-T-R-A.com. And let them know that the Leading People First podcast sent you. Now let's dive right into this episode. Hi, Gabrielle. Thank you for coming on the Leading People First podcast. Thank you very much, Chris, for having me in your show. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've known each other uh, through LinkedIn for quite some time. And I really wanted to bring you on just because of the leadership that you've demonstrated, the thought leadership that you've provided uh, from a global perspective. You've really provided so many people amazing insights into leadership, HR, and just how we should be performing from an employee engagement standpoint. So I really appreciate the work that you're doing. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure to be here. And I really like the stuff that you are producing as well, because this people first way of thinking, it's exactly what I do believe as well. Absolutely. So as we're talking about that, I mean, I want to ask, what does it mean to you to lead people first? So I'm, I really believe on the people-centric model, uh, and it's what I'm trying to implement in my, own, my organization in Brazil. So it's, it's about really taking consideration the people. It's, it's not, I don't like this, uh, this way of thinking that it's one or the other. For me, it's people. When I say people, I'm talking about the employees, but I'm also talking about my customers. So it's an addition to customer-centric view, okay? Mm -hmm. So when I say that, it's, it's really to take into consideration the perspective of our people, to understand their needs, to, and a very simple example of what I'm saying is what we're living now when it comes to the pandemic. We are working from home. We're all facing the same, I would say, storm but in a different boat, you know, because we mm -hmm. have different needs. We have a different family setup, and we have different conditions at home for working. So we really need to take consideration this. Yeah. We all have unique uh, circumstances, you know, especially now, and they are definitely coming to light. Um, and I think organizations are finally realizing that people have lives outside of work and it's taken absolutely a, taken a pandemic to for for organizations to realize that however that's good in my in in that case where they can truly understand what is happening in their employees lives and be able to demonstrate more empathy towards them and more understanding 
Yes, absolutely. I would say that we have never ever uh, said so many times the words empathy and the word compassion because it's exactly what we need now. Yes. Yeah, we're, we're, we have been forced to be vulnerable. We have been forced to be compassionate and empathetic to our coworkers, our employees, our teams, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's absolutely the step that we needed to take. That was the next step in our evolution as organizations. Um, and it's, you know, un an unfortunate circumstance, but it was there definitely very needed. Yeah. So I would love for you to share with those who are listening how you got to where you are today. Mm, good question. <laughs> um, I, I like to say that uh, we are in a continuous movement of learning. And uh, when I say movement, it's because we can get learning from different uh, uh, moments of our lives and we can get uh, learning from different sources as well so but we need to be uh, very attentive to this to not to lose opportunities so I think it was my persuasion and my persistence but also my, my capacity of learning a lot along this way and I always uh, putting myself in situations that I was no okay I don't know how I, I don't know how to do it, but I will learn how to do it. Yeah. And then I was challenging myself for more, to study more, to learn more. I, I, it's something that I really like to do. So it's uh, it's I think I really uh, uh, believe that it was the reason that I, I was able to get this position, for example, as HR director for South America. Yeah, it's a big step that you've been able to take, and and something that really sparked in my mind as you were sharing that is there's a saying, I don't know if you have this saying in Brazil, but in, here in America, we have this saying, fake it till you make it, right? Which is pretend like you have it all together until you actually have it together. And now that I think about it, that's actually not the worst. I had a negative connotation to it in my mind, but now that I'm thinking about it, if you're really pushing towards your goal of whatever it might be, and you're pretending like you have it together, you're being forced to learn and continually learn until you actually achieve that goal. So it's really interesting and I love the notion of lifelong learning and continuous learning because again, you and I are on that same wavelength. We're both coming from a learning development background, talent development background, and we really focus on learning cultures and continuous learning and having a growth mindset. So I would love for you to share more about how individuals and how leaders can encourage their teams to continually develop through their journeys. Yes, absolutely, Chris. Because, uh, and we were discussing it before, I think we are all learning during this pandemic and we are learning a lot. Uh, we are moving from best practices, from best learnings. And we cannot say that we have lessons learned yet because there is still changing along the way. And the, uh, even though we are in a leadership position, we don't have all the answers as well. And uh, we cannot pretend that we do have, we need to count with our teams. It's the reason we are leading people because together we are strong. So it's not only about me, my leadership position or capacity, it's about the team. It's the most important thing on, on my view. And then I think the leadership needs to be open enough and uh, needs to be able to uh, be vulnerable and to understand, okay, I do not have all the answers. 
I will do my best to get the answers to study and develop myself, but I, I count on my team as well. And then to uh, use the expertise of the team to get the best answers for the problem that we are facing. And then again, together, because it's not only about one, one talent in the team, it's about how can we really build high performance teams because my competence together with your competence, when we sum up, it's more. We, can, we are able to deliver more for our organizations. So I think it's the first step. It's to, to be aware of your own limits and be open for learning even more. So what I, I saw during this uh, first stage of the pandemic, for example, that I, I can share, uh, I had situations that uh, still the, the old style of leadership, this command and control thing. So I'm working in the office, I'm supervising all the time what my team is doing and uh, supervising the working hours, for example, of my team. But suddenly I was exposed to the home office scheme. We all, mm -hmm. in my organization, 100% of the team was in, in the home office until first week of October. Yeah. And they, they realize it, that it's not possible to try to control and command during a home office scheme for any reasons. And they, so they realized they could not just replicate the model that they were using during the office work model. So they started to understand that they should be able to delegate, to trust, and how can we build trust remotely? I'm not seeing my people. I'm not saying following up what they are doing. So it was very challenging for them at the beginning of the pandemic to swift from command and control to a more guidance and support because it was what the team was uh, looking for at the moment, support. And uh, I think they were struggling a bit at the beginning, but then they started to realize that the, the old model was not working and they should offer something else. And then during one of our leadership talks, because we established a way, a, a channel, an open channel with these leaders, and uh, one of them told me, the problem, Gabriel, is that I cannot offer what I don't have or what I don't know how to do. Yeah. So we started to really give them some tools and uh, share experiences and uh, share our knowledge to really get this, uh, uh, this change in their mindset and, and really be able to develop them for these new opportunities and for, for new challenges that they were new for everybody and even more for the leaders. Yeah. Absolutely. We, there's so many things that leaders need to be aware of in this sense. And being self-aware is probably one of the most critical pieces that you highlighted. Because if they're self-aware of what their own limitations, like you said, are, then they can build a team around them or help, their, help themselves by learning and growing in those areas, as well as creating and building a team around them to help uh, you know, mitigate any risk that may happen because of those shortcomings um, or any gaps that a leader might have. And it's super important for also for leaders, as you were sharing that, for leaders to demonstrate learning themselves. I've been in multiple organizations where the leaders and managers expected their teams to learn, to go to trainings, to do 
development and then they themselves would not do it and so by not leading by uh not leading by example they essentially were demonstrating that learning is not important to me it's not important to you uh so while i say that you should go do these things i don't actually mean it because i don't act on it myself yeah this is uh it's a very uh i would say um a very tricky situation because as you said the leadership um we are the whole models of the organization people are looking at us looking for the example okay what my leader is doing during this period so it's what i will do because it's my model it's my example so if i'm not doing what i'm saying to others that they should be doing it's something that will not work at all it's not sustainable you know yeah. and then uh, the feeling is that i cannot trust in my leadership because the yeah. uh, hr says that i should do my leader says that i should do but he or she uh is not doing yeah absolutely and speaking of learning and growing as a leader i'm curious what is a misconception about leadership that you used to have that you have now learned is not true yes absolutely and in fact what i would like to bring as well is that the differentiation between managers and leaders because we still yes, need yes. both profiles in our organization but uh, i would say that the combination of both would be the most successful one because i i have kpis to pursue i have numbers to deliver but i also need to be able to give the direction to inspire my team uh, to shape the future of this business for example yeah. so if i have both profiles together it would be the best scenario ever but unfortunately it's it's very very difficult to achieve this and then it's the reason we are working a lot on development as you know very well because uh it's it's really about develop the leadership skills on our uh, managers and mm -hmm. it, it takes time and as you said very well it's a start from inside to outside it's not something that the company is saying me that i should do it's something that uh, i'm eager to know more about i because i know that it will be very good for my career for my own development, for my future in this organization or any other. So it's something that starts from inside and people, they usually do because the company is saying that they should do, you know? Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, you have to really reinforce those behaviors continually, um, right, is what I'm hearing. And what I also believe is that we have to if there's something that is out of the norm or out of the behaviors that we are expecting of our organization, of our leaders, of our teams, then we have to rein it in very quickly. And that has to do very much so as well with cultures of organizations, right? If we, if organizations hold a certain value or purpose and actions that are taken within the organization deviate from those expected values or the expected behaviors from those values, then um, it can very quickly turn into a culture that you did not intend for it to be. So something that I know that you have a very strong passion around is culture within organizations. And with the pandemic, it's very tough to keep those cultures together. So the question I have for you is how do we as leaders really keep the feeling of culture 
when we lose the physical space and we lose that physical connections that we have with employees? Yeah, this is a, a very, very important question. And I would say that we are learning along the way. Uh, I'm, I'm not 100% sure if what we're doing will bring the results we're expecting, but we're trying. And I think, I think, I think the first step is to be open for completely change your mindset because uh, as we said at the beginning it's it's a new reality we are not to use it with this model and uh, for some it is still 100% home office but for others companies it's a hybrid model people working from home and people working from uh, uh, the office itself so it's very difficult to manage because it, for example in this hybrid model it's even even worse I would say because part of my population is within the company and the other part is on the on the home office scheme yet what you're trying to do is really to to keep the sense of the belonging okay it, it's not it's not my work itself I'm working for something that is bigger than my agenda my personal agenda or professional agenda or the agenda of my own area I'm working for my company so I'm responsible for a meaningful task that the end is delivering the strategy for uh, growing this business and shaping the future of this business so it's really important to create this sense of belonging together with the meaningful jobs uh, yes. I would say and I and and now the, the most tricky part Chris, is is the newcomers because for the ones that have been working with us for a long time now they got to know CDG before this pandemic we were all together there they, they knew the feeling they, they yeah. knew how it was to be part of this organization but for the newcomers that are arriving now they don't have this previous experience with us they will get to know now uh, through the, the laptop. And now that we have this option to, to return partially to the office, what we're doing is giving them the option to choose. Okay, we are now working for us. Would do you prefer to work from home or would you prefer to, to go some days to the office? Mm -hmm. And then the response that we are receiving is 100% wants to go some days in the office because then it's it's like it's where the heart of the company is you know yes. it's yeah. it's it's where we live uh, and we can share because even though we are 100% connected we are a lot connected we are connected in the teams and zooms and emails and whatsapp when you are going to sleep as well so we are connected the entire day but it does not mean that we are communicating well yeah be connected does not mean that we are very effective on the communication. So it's something that we are challenging ourselves all the time as well. Yeah, and there's different levels of connection, right? There's the connection that we have through technology. There's the connection that we have um, through work. But I think what we're really missing or what a lot of employees are missing is that social connection. They're really Absolutely. missing that social interaction to really um, you know, build relationships and build, um, build something more than just their work. And that also goes to show the power of networking, right? And that's something that you and I have had the honor and privilege to be able to do with LinkedIn is previously we, we had no connections at all, I don't think. And we connected on LinkedIn because I think one of us saw each other's posts um, or we got connected through someone else uh, who said, hey, you two need to, to talk. Um, I can't remember the exact situation, but 
um, instantly you and I were like, oh, we're of like mind. We, you know, so, so before I ramble too much on that, I know I, I want to ask you and have you share the importance of networking, especially outside of your working group, outside of your social circles, and especially the importance of networking with different cultures to really focus on how we can grow as individuals. Yes, absolutely, Chris. I, I'm very proud of our history, do you know, because uh, uh, we didn't know each other at all and we get very close because of our areas of expertise or because we, we could share uh, between us our stuff and the, what we are producing. So it was very, uh, very good to get to know you through LinkedIn. And then it, it shows us how important these two is for our own development not only when it comes to look for a job, but also look for development. This is a very rich tool where we can find many stuff when it comes to development. A lot of webinars and podcasts as your podcast that is, uh, has been working there in that platform. So it, it's, it's a very, very valuable tool for everybody that is looking for development and growth and uh, etc. And I would say that it's, it should be part of an employer branding campaign, for example. How can we really have our employees? advocating for the company through LinkedIn. Because when you do our actions in HR, for example, to improve employee experience, to get more positive experiences to our employees, and they go to the platform to share these moments with, with uh, the sense of belonging, with mm -hmm. proud of being part of this organization, there is nothing more important than this, you know? When it is the best advertisement any company can have because yes. it's the own employees that are advocating for the companies so it's not only and then when we start sharing there okay we can start sharing the stuff from the company but then afterwards we start sharing what we think our we can write articles in LinkedIn for example and then it's our personal brand mm -hmm. so we, we merge both uh, concepts because it starts as employer branding but it's also the employee brand it's what uh, Gabrielle can bring to the table to the discussion when when what can I share with my audience what I know that I could share uh, when it comes to learning and so it's it's a great opportunity for development your personal brand as well yeah and there's also a really interesting tool that you you mention or you you touch on is really using your employees as brand ambassadors for your organization right because not just from the standpoint of allowing your employees to get out there and build their own professional networks, but they are the ones that can provide insight into the organization. And if you allow them to pursue their additional passions or strengths on other platforms such as LinkedIn, you effectively increase your reach as an organization and your visibility as an organization. For example, I just interviewed someone who um, has, who's a recruiter, but he does something, you know, he does his own work around talent. And when people start engaging with him, they realize he's a, you know, he works for a recruiting firm and that automatically gives the recruiting firm or that organization a gold star because they trust the individual so then they in turn trust that organization that they work for. So it's a way of building relationships as an as a company 
through your employees and creating this additional employee value proposition and customer value proposition. So it's really wise thing I think for organizations to do and allow your employees to do. I've worked for an organization where they were very against doing recommendations, references, um, allowing their employees to be on, you know, on these platforms, they would look to see if their employees were on platforms and they would kind of, once they saw that they were active, that it was a big red flag for them. And for employees, that was a red flag for them as individuals, like, oh, they're watching me. Why are they watching me? I'm, I'm not doing anything shady. Right. Um, so it's really, really, um, it should be used for a tool of good. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And you know that uh, it's uh, the, the companies that are not allowing the employees to go in this platform, they are still with the mindset of competition. Absolutely. And then I, I really like this, um, the way that Simon Sinek think, uh, think about competition, because uh, I, I saw a TED talk that he was saying that the difference between Apple and Microsoft, and then he was saying that Apple is trying to compete in, uh, against themselves yes. instead of looking to the competition. Okay, how can I become a better company every single day? So I'm the pioneer, I'm the leader of this market. So what can I do better Yes. the day after? So it's it's the way we should be thinking and not what my employees are doing there. And as an example, before this pandemic, I was planning to deliver a LinkedIn training for my employees at CDG in Brazil. Because uh, I think like exactly what you have mentioned that is there is, uh, there is a, a huge opportunity of our employees to be the employer ambassadors and really advocate again uh, on behalf of the company in a very positive way, you know? So we are trying to really build this concept and how they can create their own brand and talk about the employer brand at the same time. Yes. But unfortunately with the pandemic, it was not possible. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of, uh, you know, employees having their own brand you have your own as well and of course to no surprise it's around developing yeah so can you share more about your brand and what you're doing uh yourself yes absolutely so um i'm really drive it by learning and development and it's not only because it's my area of expertise but i, I strongly believe that uh, we as human beings we are born with an uncountable numbers of talents and gifts but to, we are not aware of that, okay? This is my, my way of thinking. And then I think through development, through learning, through self-awareness, through uh, self-knowledge, we can achieve these uh, talents that we all have. And the, this brand that I, I launched during this pandemic says about this. This is developyourself.br. It started as an Instagram account. So there I share a lot of uh, uh, materials about self-knowledge. I'm really passionate about emotional intelligence. So the way that we can control our emotions, the way you can use your emotions on our own behalf and our own advantage takes the difference in our career and our lives. So it's something that I really like to talk about as well and share my knowledge. So it's a platform where you can share knowledge and you can share expertise because I do believe that it's not my knowledge and not your knowledge. It's our knowledge, you know, it's how can we together, we can become stronger. Because if I share what I know and what I have learned throughout my career, I can make the difference in other lives and can make people feel better as well. 
and and get better better results. So it, it's it's a very a good results for everybody, you know, because I learn as well in this process of sharing. So it's something that every it's a win-win relationship, I would say. Yeah, when you really focus on growth and focus on other people's growth, it's absolutely a win-win because again, you you learn so much along the way yourself, and it's um, and then those other individuals grow as well. You know, you raise all boats with a rising tide, right? So it's really important for leaders to really focus on the tide and not the boat. I I, I think I would say. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can have some so much more impact if you really focus on the environment that you're providing for your employees or for your teams rather than the individual team members uh, if you can create put all your effort into focusing on the experience that you're giving your employees then you allow for all of them to grow versus trying to let's say you have 10 employees put in split your time and attention to 10 different employees and you may not be giving your 100% for all 10 of them. You might be giving 10%, so. And you know that uh, when you have this kind of environment that uh, foster the learning and is open for uh, commitment and mistakes, for example, because it's part of the learning process, it's something that uh, we are humans, we are learning along the way and we can commit mistakes. It's mm -hmm. part of the process. So it's uh, when you have this environment of learning and collaboration and sharing, people are growing a lot. And then it's the spirit of the team. We can yes. create engagement. We can create belonging to that organization. We can create more opportunities. And then the innovation process increases as well. Yes. Because it, it's about sharing. Okay, I have my insight, you have yours, we share, we create something bigger, and we are able to implement ideas. And then it, it's better for everybody. Yes. What would you say are the are signs of a learning culture? Signs of learning culture. So, for example, when my leadership allowed me to make a course during my working <laughs> period, I think it's a sign of a learning culture. When we understand that if I am in the coffee area of the organization, for example, talking to someone, I'm not wasting my time. I can during their conversation have some insights that could improve my own tasks on yeah. my day my day work when the company understands that uh, we have this kind of round tables and the uh, um uh, groups of affinities that you say ally groups mm -hmm. and then you, you can create some source of uh, research as well on these groups and uh, we can bring uh, different perspectives to the organization uh, when the organization is really open and uh, I feel safe to raise my hand during a meeting and say, I do not agree with what you are saying. And I don't feel concerned about what people will think about me. Yeah. Because I do believe that I work in a safe environment, a psychological safe environment. Yes. So for me, these are all signs of a learning organization. Yeah. And I think that that's something beautiful as well is where you're talking about a culture that is not just purely learning right it's not exclusive to learning there are other pieces to it of this culture that you're describing learning is part of it absolutely fundamental to it but there's also the trust factor there is the autonomy factor there is the 
pieces where you are allowed to go explore and innovate and be curious and work together as a team, those are all parts of the culture that you're describing. And when we say learning culture, I, I'm afraid that a lot of people think that a learning culture is its own thing. They, they, they think that if you have a learning culture, you can't have a innovative culture. If you have or a, a performance culture, culture. exactly. <laughs> I think when we talk about it, that's a misconception that's often heard is, well, I want to still be able to perform. It's like, well, learning is part of that performance. Learning is part of growth. Learning is part of innovation. So we really need to change that, uh, that view of what a learning culture is. Um, so thank you for, for sharing that. Um, before we go, I want to ask you, what is the impact that you're looking to have in the work that you're doing? Very good question. <laughs> in fact, um, I'm trying to impact others' lives. Not, not only the ones that I'm responsible for, and I, I mean the ones that I work for my company. So as HR director, I'm responsible for them in a way that uh, I should create a uh, work environment that they feel that they, they are producing, that they feel uh, safe, that uh, uh, they are recognized. And, uh, but in addition to this, I'm looking for impacting um, people outside of my organization as well. So it's the reason I created this uh, personal branding, that uh, I'm publishing so many articles in LinkedIn, that I'm sharing so many stuff there, because I'm really into trying to impact others' life in a way that they feel that they are growing, that they are um, keep progressing their lives and uh, seeing opportunities instead of uh, having some troubles. For example, in this moment of pandemic, for example, so so many people are facing so many difficult moments. So it's a it's a way that I could share my experience and help your others to succeed. It's what I'm looking for. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, this I'll absolutely encourage everyone who's listening to go on LinkedIn and follow Gabriella. She is, has amazing content day in day out. I learn so much whenever I read and, and watch what she's producing. So, and I didn't realize you had the Instagram. So can you share with those who are listening where they can connect with you? Absolutely. So on LinkedIn, it's uh, Gabriele uh, Botelho. It's my name and uh, it's easy to find me there. And in Instagram, it's developyourself.br. So it's, it's where I can share some stuff as well. Wonderful. And I'll make sure again, check out the show notes. You'll see it in there. I'll have all the links in there and for you, for you to just do a quick click and you can add and follow Gabrielle uh, at both of those places on LinkedIn and Instagram. Well, Gabrielle, thank you again so much for coming on. I'm so glad that we got to chat face to face. Um, I'm glad that we can continue to grow together and learn with each other. So thank you. I really thank I really you so this. much for having me in the show. I'm very pleased to be here and count on me as uh, always. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Leading People First podcast. I knew that there were a lot of facets to the employee experience, but after talking with Gabrielle, it really confirmed that there are nearly endless possibilities and paths to approach leadership and employee engagement. Add in the fact that leaders often have additional responsibilities and it's really easy to see why culture and people tend to get forgotten. So this is why we have to commit 
to prioritizing people and leadership rather than business so that these areas that Gabrielle shared can be more second nature and that allows our team to really focus on success and growth. If you want to learn more about Gabrielle, make sure you connect with her on LinkedIn or Instagram. I'm glad you're joining me on this journey exploring how leadership affects the employee experience. Let's keep the conversation going on the Leading People First pages on LinkedIn and Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. Keep leading people first and stay awesome. One more quick shout out to Train Extra that provides virtual and on-site training programs on a variety of topics, including civility, sexual harassment prevention, anti-bullying, unconscious bias, and diversity inclusion. They have top-notch, very well-known programs that have an immense impact on the organizations and the teams that receive this training. So make sure you check them out at trainextra.com. That's T-R-A-I-N-X-T-R-A.com. And let them know that the Leading People First podcast sent you.